Good morning, faithful listener. You are listening to the Bible Explained podcast, where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and stay tuned as we read through the book of Deuteronomy. Happy Monday, faithful listener, and thanks for tuning in to the Bible Explained podcast this morning with your host, Jen, who happens to be me. And I'm just overjoyed that we are starting Deuteronomy chapter two today because it's just so crazy for me to think about that I've been doing this podcast for two years and I'm in the book of Deuteronomy now. That's exciting for me because I am past Leviticus. <laughs> And I know that sounds really bad, but I was truly afraid of Leviticus when I first started it. And uh, I'll be honest, I'm a little excited that I am past the book of Leviticus and also past Numbers and now in the book of Deuteronomy. Though I have to say, I really enjoyed the book of Numbers. And I hope you guys did also if you were paying attention to the podcast during the book of Numbers. Book of Numbers was awesome. It was so much fun to talk about and to contemplate and just so much history. I just love that. But regardless, I'm just excited that uh, the podcast is in its fifth season and we are now on the last book of the Torah, which is Deuteronomy. So let's read Deuteronomy 2 verses 1 through 13 today. And this is a continuation of what was going on in Deuteronomy 1. Obviously, back in the time this was written, there were no page numbers or verse numbers or even chapter numbers. We added all that stuff in to make it more coherent for ourselves nowadays. So Deuteronomy 2 is a continuation of Deuteronomy 1. And where we left off in Deuteronomy 1 was the great rebellion that happened. Remember the one where the spies went into the, the promised land and they made the people all scared and sick. So then they got mad at God, tried to stone Moses and all that happened. And then after that, God said they were going to wander in the desert for 40 years or rather the wilderness for 40 years, because that is what they asked for. <laughs> So we just finished talking about that. So we're moving into the retelling of the wandering of the Israelites. So let's read Deuteronomy 2, 1 through 13 today. I'll be reading on the WEB version. Feel free to grab that cup of coffee or that cup of tea. Pause the podcast to go get those things. And also grab your Bible, whatever version you prefer. And just sit back and relax as I read this portion. Then we returned and took our journey into the wilderness by the way to the Red Sea, as Yahweh spoke to me, and we encircled Mount Seir many days. Yahweh spoke to me, saying, You have encircled this mountain long enough. Turn northward. Command the people, saying, You are to pass through the border of your brothers, the children of Esau, who dwell in Seir, and they will be afraid of you. Therefore, be careful. Don't contend with them, for I will not give you any of their land. No, not so much as for the sole of the foot to tread on, because I have given Mount Seir to Esau for a possession. You shall purchase food from them for money that you may eat. You shall also buy water from them for money that you may drink. For Yahweh your God has blessed you in all the works of your hands. He has known your walking through this great wilderness. These 40 years, Yahweh your God has been with you. You have lacked nothing. So we passed by from our brothers, the children of Esau, who dwell in Seir, from the way of Arabah, from Eloth, from Ezion, Geber. We turned and passed by the way of the wilderness of Moab. Yahweh said to me, Don't bother Moab, neither contend with them in battle, for I will not give you any of his land for a possession, because I have given Ar to the children of Lot for a possession. 
The Amim lived there before, a great and numerous people, and as tall as the Anakim. These also are considered to be Rephium, as the Anakim, but the Moabites call them Amim. The Horites also lived in Seir in the past, but the children of Esau succeeded them. They destroyed them from before them and lived in their place as Israel did to the land of his possession, which Yahweh gave to them. Now rise up and cross over the brook Zered. We went over the brook Zered. All right, so there's a lot happening here. So after the Great Rebellion happened, the Israelites basically wandered around the wilderness for 40 years, unable to go into the promised land. But they were nearby the promised land, but they just weren't able to go into it. So it says here that the people were encircling the mountain. And I find this really funny, verse 2, because basically what the Israelites were doing was was just going in circles. So it says specifically here in verse 1 that after the Great Rebellion happened, they went into the wilderness. So we don't know how many years passed from the rebellion to now, but possibly some years had passed. And it says that they ended up getting to this mountain called Mount Seir. And it says they encircled the mountain for many days. We don't know what many days means. That could honestly, that could be a long time. But basically what Moses is saying is that they were just going in circles <laughs> around Mount Seir. So finally, God comes down to Moses and he's just like, all right, stop circling the mountain and go north. That's what he says. So in verse three, you have encircled this mountain long enough. Turn northward. <laughs> I don't know why I find that funny. That's just that's just amusing to me. So after they're circling around the mountain a few times, they're supposed to go north. And so Moses starts talking now about some notable things that happened in the wilderness regarding the other nations. So first he talks about Edom and Edom. I don't know if you guys remember this. The Edomites were actually a distant relative to the Israelites. The Edomites were was the uh, nation that Esau had started. Do you remember Jacob and Esau? Jacob started, obviously, the nation of Israel. And then Esau, his brother, started the nation of Edom. And so God gave Edom to Esau's uh, family, basically. So what God is saying here is that, look, when you go north, you're going to encounter the Edomites and they're going to be scared of you because you're much bigger than them, basically. They're going to be scared of you, but do not contend with them is what he says in verse five. He says, I am not going to give you any bit of the land of Edom because I gave that land to Esau and to Esau's relatives and his descendants. So you're not going to get a bit of the land. So don't contend with them. Don't mess with them. Treat them with respect. I really like that. God is teaching his people respect of other nations. In fact, all throughout the law so far, we have seen that the Israelites were supposed to, A, both protect the foreigners and also to treat the foreigners with respect. That even included slaves, though I'm not going to open up that can of worms today. (laughs) But yes, God is very clear to the Israelites that they were supposed to treat the foreigners with respect. And the Edomites were no exception. Even though I'm sure the Israelites and the Edomites very much didn't like each other. And we'll see that later on, that there was some fighting between the two nations. They didn't like each other, even though they were distant relatives. God had given that land to Esau and his people, the Israelites, were not going to take it from them. 
because that not only teaches the Israelites to show respect to other people, but this is also God setting a boundary that Israel, yes, Israel was chosen, Israel was special, but they were not just given whatever they wanted, right? I mean, God put a boundary in place of where their promised land was going to be. And Edom was not part of that. The other cool thing about this is the fact that there's a verse in the Bible later on that talks about how God hated Esau, but loved Jacob. And the reason for that was because Esau totally rejected God. Jacob did not. In fact, Jacob actively sought God, I would say, but Esau rejected the things of God all throughout his entire life. But yet, even though it says in the Bible that God hated Esau, he still blessed Esau's descendants and still gave them land, still blessed Esau with so much. In fact, if you look at the character of Esau back in Genesis, you will see that he was greatly blessed, actually. Blessed with a ton of money, with a ton of flocks, a ton of people, uh, an entire nation. This guy was blessed and God gave him those blessings. So I think it's important for us to recognize that God is extremely merciful to people who reject him. Even when people reject God, that doesn't mean us Christians should treat those people with disrespect. This just shows who the character of God is. And if this stuff was important to God, way, way back in ancient times where he says to respect the Edomites, even though they did reject God at the beginning, how are we as Christians supposed to live now? We are supposed to respect people. That doesn't mean condoning people. And we see that also in the Old Testament where God clearly states to his people, do not condone bad behavior. However, you should respect other people regardless of where they stand with God, because ultimately that is up to God in the end to show mercy or to show judgment to people. So that's something that when I was reading this and I remembered that verse about God hating Esau and loving Jacob, I just found this entire portion so merciful that God was willing to give Esau so much, even 400, 500-ish years later after Esau died. And I think that's really cool. And just uh, God is just so merciful and so gracious to people. So yes, the children of Israel were supposed to respect the Edomites by not contending with them. But also in verse six, it says, God tells his people, you shall purchase food from them for money that you may eat. And you shall also buy water from them for money that you may drink. So not only were the Israelites supposed to respect them and their land and their borders, but they're also supposed to trade with them and purchase items from them, purchase food and water from them. So yes, once again, the Edomites were supposed to be treated with respect and their nation was supposed to stay intact. So in verse seven, it's interesting how Moses throws this, this verse in here. And I love this verse for Yahweh, your God has blessed you in all the work of your hands. He has known your walking through this great wilderness. These 40 years, Yahweh has been with you. You have lacked nothing. I believe that's Moses kind of like interjecting there between this story, because don't forget who Moses is talking to here, not just to you and me, but he's also talking to the nation of Israel, the new generation of people. 
So this verse is so beautiful. God blessed you in all the works of your hands. And you would think that the Israelites at this time would be like, how has God blessed us? You know, we've been in this land, this wilderness for so long. But yet Moses completes this, this verse by saying that you are blessed because these 40 years, Yahweh, your God has been with you and you have lacked nothing. Imagine going through a wilderness for 40 years. That is no fun. I mean, a wilderness doesn't have really anything in it. <laughs> but yet God was with his people every step of the way. By being there in the cloud during the day in the fire by night, by providing them for, with food and water, he provided them with the manna from heaven. And there's a verse actually where a, a famous song now has been written about it. There's honey in the rock. And my sister and I were just talking about that song because we're like, what does that mean? But that's a verse actually from, I think, Deuteronomy later on in the, the book and also a verse from Psalms where God provides the honey from the rock. You know, you don't think of honey coming from a rock. A honeycomb comes from a bee. But <laughs> God did a miracle that we maybe don't know about or was never recorded of how he provided for his people in the wilderness through honey from the rock, though that is up for interpretation if that actually happened or not, though it is in scripture that God provides honey from the rock. So it probably happened at some point in time. But anyway, God provides for his people, right? I mean, through these supernatural means, by giving them water through rocks, by giving them honey through rocks, possibly by giving them manna from heaven. So yes, God has blessed them in every single way way that he could, in spite of the fact that they kind of screwed things up for themselves and they were going through that wilderness, God was still with his people, still blessing them. So this just shows that, you know, you and I, we can make a lot of mistakes. We can, <laughs> we can screw things up for ourselves, but yeah, God's not going to leave us. If we're his children, he's going to be there with us. He's, it might not be fun. It might be, you know, a wilderness that we're going through, but yet God is blessing us because he is with us. We are lacking nothing. And that's really what God does. He's, he's with us, right? Even when it doesn't feel like he is. And Moses is just reminding this new generation of people, God is with you and you are blessed because God is with you. So after this, it says, we passed by from our brothers, the children of Esau. And it says that they turned to the way of Moab. And here's what God says. He's like, don't mess with the Moabites either <laughs> because I gave them their land. So the Moabites were once again, another distant relative to the Israelites. Remember, the Israelites were of the line of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. And then obviously the Moabites were of the line of Lot, which was Abraham's uh, nephew. So the Moabites, another distant relative of the Israelites that God had promised land to and the Israelites were not allowed to take that land from the Moabites. So after this, it kind of goes into th this little thing about the Anakim. I don't know if you guys caught this in verses 10 through 12. A lot of hard words that I was having trouble pronouncing. <laughs> it says the Amim lived there before a great numerous people and as tall as the Anakim. I don't know if you remember uh, me talking about the giants and the Nephilim. Uh, it sounds like these people, the Amim and the Anakim, were giant people, just very great and tall people. And it's interesting here that the W.E.B. version that I'm reading out of actually gives the 
Hebrew word for giant, which is Rephium. 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 I don't know. But <laughs> it says in verse 11, these also are considered to be the Rephium as the Anakim, but the Moabites called them the Amim. So in other words, that word giant, the Hebrew word of it is Rephium. Depending on what version you're reading, Rephium might be translated to giant. But basically these Amimites, I think, were giants, but the Moabites were a great and mighty people who had displaced these giants. So that kind of shows uh, how strong Moab really was, that they were able to uh, take the land from these uh, these people called the Amim. So that's an interesting little piece of history that Moses gives us to show that God was with the Moabites, it sounds like, when they took that land because the Amim, these tall giants, were displaced. And this is hilarious, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, that Moses added this in here, because what were the Israelites afraid of when they wanted to go into the promised land? They were afraid of the giants. <laughs> oh, this is so funny. And, uh, and this is Moses being kind of snarky, actually. He's like, look, the Moabites were able to take their land from the giants. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. You know, Moses, he's hilarious. Like when you... When you like look at Moses and who he is, yeah, he's he's funny. He's a funny guy. Yeah, I just realized that's kind of what he's doing here. He's not only giving history, but he's kind of like, look, the Moabites were able to do it as a smaller nation against the the people of Amim, but yet our people, the Israelites, were too scared to go against the Anakim, which were the other giants, because that's what he compares the people of Emim to the Anakims is what he says because <laughs> they were as tall as the Anakim <laughs> oh that's hilarious then he goes into the Horites also lived in Seir in the past but the children of Esau succeeded them they destroyed them before them see <laughs> then he's saying like Esau was also able a smaller nation was able to take their land you know, the land that God promised them, but yet Israel was too scared to do it. I, I find that just, oh, I'm tickled pink by that. Okay, after this, it says uh, God tells the people in verse 13 to rise up and cross over the brook Zared. So the people went over the brook of Zared. So that's where Moses uh, ends this, or rather where I'm ending this in Moses's speech. And we'll talk more about Deuteronomy 2 on Wednesday. So join in then. But friends, I really hope that you go over to the YouTube page and subscribe because I have more YouTube videos coming your way very soon. If you look in the description, actually, of this podcast episode, you're going to see all my links to everything. The one to the website, the one to the Facebook page, the one to the YouTube channel. Just go to those. If you need information about the podcast or you want to contact me, that is also in the description of this podcast episode. Friends and faithful listeners, I hope you have a fantastic rest of your day. And you know what? I encourage you to comment on this uh, podcast episode and just tell me what you think and just contact me if you have any questions whatsoever. But I'll see you in the next episode. Happy listening and God bless. Thank you.